hear me now? Oh, she should be. Nice. Well, it's well. Let's jump to another edition. To another installment. Welcome all to the Alamante Show Report. I am your host, Don Alamante Morris. I'm actually uh, doing this in the house and a little late tonight, but I'm here. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get this show started. Um, first and foremost, like I always want to do, is to thank each and every one of you for downloading this show taking a busy time out your day to listen to the show but you know what else is very important is for you to subscribe to subscribe to the Elamonte show report so you won't have to wait until I share it on social media subscribe subscribe and also share share to your friends family side pieces your girlfriend your boyfriend um, even that one person you don't like, share this content. Hold up. Break around my rolls. Turn <laughs> <Sitting> there eating. <laughs> All right. Let me go ahead and turn myself up. Uh, oh, snap. That's a little too loud. Hold up. Uh, what about that? Oh, that's great. All right. Big win. Shouldn't be a big win when you beating a garbage rival if you want to consider the Washington commies as uh, as you may say uh, worthy foe but in these NFC East rivalry games anything can happen to the worst of worst to the best of the best because even the worst teams just find something to to show up like they're a Super Bowl contending team and then the next game, nothing. Everybody in the NFL knows that that rivalry game should not be number one slouched upon or taken lightly. This game was one of them. Um, first of all, you see those ugly-ass jerseys that they had on? Kind of remind me of like a knockoff of a Steelers design that they didn't want to use. And they'd be like, hey, hey, commanders, take them. <laughs> we don't want to use the design, I think, since y'all trying to create a new path, trying to create a new team. Here you go. And they just ran with like, yeah. The black jerseys are tight. It's funny, all the commie fans were sitting there saying, oh, these jerseys are tight. No, the, those jerseys are ass. <laughs> this was a freaking... Rush color throwback that the Pittsburgh Steelers chose not to use, <laughs> and they were just lucky just to give them to y'all. <laughs> I was smack. In, no, I don't want to smack them. I mean, the commie fan base they they delusional any damn way. Watch, they probably buy, they probably bought that sucker off the shelf. But I, but to tell you the truth, they should be ashamed to even wear anything resemblance of their team right now, because their team is straight trash. Straight garbage talked all that noise and didn't do much. Now, 
if y'all remember my last uh, podcast where I was talking about Cooper Rush and how I was explaining that Cooper Rush is doing what he's supposed to do as a backup. He is not the guy. A lot of y'all are still saying that Cooper Rush is not the guy. I repeat, he is not the guy. What this man is doing is what he's paid to do and is hold down the offense until Dak is at full strength and full health. Y'all, Cowboy Nation, y'all have to understand that. Obviously, the outsiders are not going to believe that because, number one, they're groupies. <laughs> Come on, they're groupies. And then, number two, they need to make money at the end of the day. They need to have ratings. They need to have sponsors. They need to make their bosses happy. So let's stir up a story about the Dallas Cowboys that ain't true. Make the fan base mad, whatever. It's not no quarterback controversy. This is what the game is designed and set up to do. When you have a backup, that backup is supposed to go up in there and keep the offense going. But what if I told you that the offense is the second reason why the Cowboys season is not taken as they thought that would? It's this defense. Now, for all of us Cowboys fans, we always talked about the offense. But never discussed too much about the defense. Because when Rob Marinelli was with us, he introduced us to the Tampa 2 defense. The Tampa 2 defense where it wasn't a dominant defense, but it was a bend but not break defense. Kind of in the same situation of what Cooper Rush is, you know? Is doing what it's supposed to. Hand the ball off for runs. Play action. See what the defense is giving giving you. Change the play. Throw the ball. Don't throw no picks, no interceptions. Nothing to it. The defense. Play what's in front of you. Do your job. Don't let no man go by you. And force turnovers. Well, it was more of just don't break. Our defense under Rod Marinelli was not exotic. It wasn't entertaining, but it did what it's supposed to do. Our defense was, I would say, in the middle of the road, top 10, top 15-ish. Under Rod Rod Marinelli. It did the job. Could we done more? Yeah. And then come um, Mike Nolan. With this hybrid. 3-4-4-3 type defensive scheme. Now I'm going to give the devil his due. Because of COVID. Mike Nolan probably couldn't have done all the things that he wanted to do. Because of the COVID, um, COVID, because of COVID protocols, he couldn't 
be hands-on. I don't know if he was a hands-on coach in the first place, but I give him a bit of benefit. But the rest of it, his defense was trash. Nobody wasn't getting it. The schemes were horrible. We was getting torched almost every flipping game. And not to mention Dak was hurt, so now the offense is – even when Dak was there, the, the defense wasn't doing much of anything because – his defense was just confusing. His defense was giving up yards, not only in the passing, but also in rushing. And you could just see the frustration on every single one of those players when Mike McCarthy first took over this team. So you just can look at the faces of the cow, uh, of every freaking player on that defense, as well as DeMarcus Lawrence. DeMarcus Lawrence is the face of that defense. Let's not get it twisted. Let's not forget who is the main man there? His face said it all. If you go back to every single one of those games under Mike Nolan as a defensive coordinator, look at DeMarcus Lawrence's face the whole entire time. It's just like, we under this guy? This guy? Like, what are we doing out here? But also... um, I've got his freaking name, number 54. Oh, I forgot his name. I don't know why we got rid of him. We shouldn't have, my opinion. Um, Smith. Jello Smith, if I said his first name right. He was the one that was vocal, very vocal about how bad that defensive scheme was. And a lot of us gave him shit for it, which I don't know why, y'all. Like, J.L. Smith, you know, we need to get rid of him. And Jerry listened to him, listened to y'all and got rid of him, which we should never have. He was very good as a middle linebacker. It was just that defense that Mike Nolan was running. The biggest casualty out of that whole season was freaking Smith. Jalen, I think it's Jalen Smith. J- J- hopefully, I got his name right. Jalen Smith. He was the sacrificial lamb out that whole entire defense because all y'all kept saying he was horrible, he was terrible. No, Jalen Smith was that dude. But enough about the past. I had to build up to what I want to say about this defense. Now you got Dan Quinn, one of the main architects of the Legion of Boom, which is Seattle Seahawks fans. The Legion of Boom is dead, it's never coming back. Never going to be replicated. This man is hands-on. He is all about defense. Even in his last tenure as the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, their defense was on it. Offense, different story. But that defense, whew. He had that defense believing. Hard hitting too as well. And that's what he's doing with this team. And when we had a successful season last season, and you hear all the talking here, well, you know, he could get a new job. You know, get, go back to head coaching. Why do you want to go back to head coaching? Like, why would you want to go back after the terrible season you have in Atlanta? You have something good here in Dallas. And I'm happy that Dan Quinn was like, no, this is what I love. I love being in trenches 
with my guys? Why would I just get a job as being a defensive coordinator just to go back to being the head coach and have to deal with that burden, pressure, and start all over again? Why? When I got something here. This is my second chance at life. And look what he has done. He got this defense a top, I'm going to be modest, a top 10 defense. Got every single one of those boys believing. Even the ones that were garbage in the Mike Nolan era are now, or I won't say top notch, but are bright spots in this defense. Now, if we go back to when they played Tampa Bay, we can say that they held Tom Brady to a touchdown. Listen to that. A touchdown. Rest were field goals. The defense in that game did what they needed to do. That defense did what they needed to do. One thing, Cowboy Nation, we need to understand. When one side's not doing what they need to do, the other side takes the, the brunt of that burden. They have to pick up the slack of what the office is not doing. And that's what the defense was doing majority of that game. And they answered the call. It was just that one time they couldn't answer it because of the offense. And that continued. These past, the games after that, this defense have put this offense in positions of success. Set them up for success and taking advantage of it. Michael Parson. Parson is a monster. You see he getting double team, triple team, which let other guys like Demarcus Lawrence Dorrance Armstrong. Dorrance Armstrong. We don't give that man that much credit. That man is a sacking machine. And he clogs up the holes. Those guys to have one-on-ones. Then you got our boy Diggs. Our boy Diggs, man. It just sickens me. Where, where also I hear Cowboy Nation comparing him to uh, Peters. Can't remember his first name, but it was a freaking cornerback by the name of Peters. Wow, what's his flipping name? Hold on, let me go ahead and look him up real quick. Oh, sorry about that. Because Cowboy Nation was comparing this dude to, to uh, Tavon Diggs. Marcus Peters. Because I remember when Marcus Peters, when he first came on the scene, everybody was like, yo, this is the man. This is the man. And then he kind of just faded in the <laughs> faded in the background. And everybody's saying he's just like him because he allows so many yards being thrown on him and all that stuff. And I'm like, yo, calm down. Y'all the same ones that say that Jalen Ramsey is a best cornerback out there right now which I which I believe that y'all are high as fuck 
You see how many times Jalen um, Ramsey got burned? Jalen Ramsey is not a shutdown corner. Mediocre at best. He just trash talk a lot and still gets burned. He's not one of the better corners out there, my view. But for y'all to compare Diggs to Marcus Peters is disrespectful. How can you be a fan of Diggs and compare him to Marcus Peters? That's disrespectful. Did Marcus did Marcus uh Peters had eleven picks in one season? Did he? Look at what look at what Diggs doing now. Pass breakups. He already got two two touch um two picks already this year. And he's one of the better corners in all the league right now, stat wise. Look it up for yourselves. The one corner that I do have issues with, and he's an off and on switch, and that's Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown, sometimes he's on it, and then times he's not. And I would tell you this. Anthony Brown wouldn't make it on any other team. I said what I said. But for me to to mention that would be disrespectful to what he does contribute to this um, defense. He does do enough of a job to put in the work of what this defense has done. No matter if he had games where he's getting burned to the games where he's just on it. He do enough. And then we just had a rookie bland. He uh he actually came into the game uh bland from um Lewis who got hurt. And I love Lewis. Uh, I think Lewis is one of the most underrated players we got. And he's more of a nickel guy, free safety. Um, and seeing Bland do his thing and got that pick um, in the Washington game, I was like, oh, wow, okay. This is what everybody was talking about, this Bland kid. And this Bland kid stepping up for his first game and get a pick. But see, that's what made this defense special. This is what made this defense special. Then not to mention um, Hooker, Malik Hooker, doing his thing. And give a big shout-out to Damian Wilson. Damian Wilson, who was a hidden gem during the freaking last days of Garrett. This dude was on the practice squad. Came a safety. And then... Got elevated to strong safety. And look at what he's done. And it took Dan Quinn to get that out of him. It's crazy. You had a gym already on this team. And you don't utilize him. 
Bless Dan Quinn. Bless that man. Now everybody trying to circle this defense around Parsons, which I understand, but in reality, this is always going to be D-Law's defense. And a lot of us was grilling D-Law because uh, last year he wasn't getting no pressures, no nothing. He didn't get, well, basically he wasn't getting no sacks and he was getting hurt. And I was one of those people. But I actually had to look back at the film. I actually had to look back on old games and realize with him being double covered, he was doing this thing. When he was single covered, he made the quarterback hurry a lot. And this was the season before. Last season, I heard nobody just know um, Demarcus Lawrence caught that pass and ran that sucker in like he was a freaking Jerome Bennis. Nobody ain't saying nothing about Demarcus Lawrence then. Look at what he's doing now. This man had three sacks in this game. Three sacks. D-Law put in work. He always been putting in work. We just don't appreciate that type of work. We want to see sacks. But sometimes... Hurrying the quarterback and getting them out of the rhythm is just as good as a sack. Sometimes pushing that own lineman in the way of the quarterback and breaking free one of his D linemen to get to him, that is good. That is great. You don't always have to put your hands on the freaking quarterback to, you know, to mess up the whole game plan for the offense. You just got to cause enough ruckus, make the quarterback as uncomfortable as you can to make him fuck up on the play. To play his part. Because it's not always he had to go for the sack. It's to disrupt the quarterback's rhythm and make him uncomfortable. I see something in this defense that I have not seen in years as me being a Cowboys fan. This defense is now the talk of the town. For the past season, it's always been our offense. What our offense going to do? What our offense going to do? Now the tide is changing. What our defense is going to do? What our defense is going to do? If you are a Cowboys fan, and you're not seeing how uniquely special and what this defense and what made this defense our recipe for the Super Bowl? You're not a fan. This defense is our key to the Super Bowl. This defense is that one missing ingredient 
that one missing flavor for this recipe that is a Super Bowl season that we've been looking for. We always started was the offense. And those seasons, we found out that it wasn't the offense. It was our defense. It was our defense. Because if it was our offense, to be honest with you, we would have won a Super Bowl. By now, if it was our offense, tell me if I'm wrong. Cause you remember that one time when that was uh, when he took over Romo, our offense was on point. Or that one time when we uh, was in the divisional round against the Rams, if it was our offense. We would have been into at least two Super Bowls and won one. Even last year, I would say we would have made it to the NFC Championship game. Because if it was our office, we would have won at least one Super Bowl. This defense, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be the reason why we win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to say at least make it that we're going to win the Super Bowl. And nobody's talking about it. That's why I'm talking about it. But a lot of y'all in Cowboy Nation, a lot of y'all know what I'm talking about. But I'm the first one to say it. And I'm going to say it. It's not going to be our offense that's going to carry us to the freaking through the playoffs to the NFC Championship game. It's going to be our defense. Our defense performs out in the freaking NFC Championship game. We're going to the Super Bowl and we're going to win it. We ain't going to need no help. We're going to win the division. The Feels they on the high right now because they playing nobody. They almost messed up and let the Jacksonville Jaguars come back on them. The Feagles don't scare nobody. They definitely ain't scaring my Cowboys. And they definitely not scaring Cowboy Nation either. You could be 6-0 all I care. But you ain't played us yet. And I know that's griping every Cowboys player right now got a chip on their show where they got to hear the figures are 4 0 and hearing that fan base screaming over the Raptors, oh yeah, we're 4 0. When they ain't played no damn body. And we played people. Without our starting quarterback. I just can't wait. I, I want, you know what? I say this. I want the Feagles to stay undefeated when we play them at their house and we give them their L right at home cannot wait because I'm telling y'all about this defense this defense ain't taking no prisoners they gonna get multiple sacks like they got in this game they gonna get multiple sacks in the next game and this game after that and this game after that 
they already know Parsons is going to be that loose cannon, which is going to leave one-on-one matchups with the rest of our D linemen, and we're going to get to the quarterback or at least disrupt his rhythm. And our secondary, very underrated. They're going to be picking them off one at a time, bringing up every pass play one at a time. The offense is okay. Offense is going to do all right. As long as Coop continues to do his job, we don't need to worry about the offense. But this defense, this defense is the secret sauce to this season. And it's time for us in Cowboys Nation. I could care less about everybody else. But it's time for us, Cowboy Nation, to realize that and get on board with this. Let's stop worrying about if Dak is still the guy. Dak is still the guy. Get off this quarterback controversy. It's no controversy. And realize we got something special on our hands. And it's right before us. And I don't want now one of y'all to figure this out late in the game. It's happening before us. Because when eventually we win this year, um, this season Super Bowl, you go think to yourself, where were you when you knew that this defense, that this team had something special? And I'm here for you to realize this moment now so you can, many years down the road, can tell your kids, to tell your freaking grandkids where were you when the Cowboys won that Super Bowl that year we got something special this defense this doomsday device 2022 This is what's going to carry us to the season, through the playoffs, through the NFC Championship game, and dominating the Super Bowl. Remember that Donnell Lamonte Morris on this show told you so. And that will do it for me, ladies and gentlemen, for this piece. And I want to say how about them Cowboys? And as well as, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for downloading this show. Once again, please subscribe. Tell your friends, your family, your kids, your mom, your side pieces, your friends, even people that don't like the Cowboys. Tell them to subscribe. Also, I want to tell you something one y'all. I love y'all. I, I really, I really do. I, when I say I, I really do mean that. Um, I, I do. I truly appreciate y'all downloading and listening to the show. And I want to continue. I want this to continue on with y'all to continue to listen to the show and sharing the content, but as well as subscribe. <laughs> and that would do it for me for the Alamonte uh, Show Report. I have been your host, Don Alamonte Morris. Thank you for tuning in. As I put my headphones on, so I can get my right outro going on but i catch you on the flip side until next piece you have a good one yeah